Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad Custom Creation. Hi. What's up, boys? So, Tony, you're not at home today. Where are you at? I am in Sydney, Nova Scotia. I'm on I'm on the great island of Cape Breton in Nova Scotia, where uh, I'm getting ready for a my Easterns, my powerlifting comp. So it's a competition for, uh, let's see, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI. It's four provinces come together for what they call an Eastern. And then uh, for the chance, if you make the, the right numbers, you can you can then move to uh, nationals after that. That's the that's the goal. So is your weigh-in tomorrow? Yeah, so I lift at, I think it's four. I have to be there for two to weigh in. And I do my weigh-in at around two or thereafter, and then um, and then everything will start at four. So there's no no UFC where you get the, the night before you're weighing in, and then you can rehydrate and be in good shape. You're... Uh, this is a little bit more. You have to, you have to not be as close to weight as as we are. So, or you have to be. You can't do it with a water cut as much as you could with like a UFC kind of thing. So, this is a little disclaimer for our listeners: if Tony is a little ditzy <laughs> or airheaded tonight, playing the part of Chad, it's uh the fact that he's hasn't eaten and he's not drinking as much liquids as he should. Well, I have eaten. I oh. did have a little something. Did you have uh, a, a little cracker? No, I had I had some Subway, but just a small small wrap. So, and then um, yeah, I've kept I I traveled with a bathroom scale to check my weight. So, um, but yeah, they did say the competition did put out an email saying that the uh, the hotel that's uh, holding the the where the event's being held that the scale is set up right now. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to go down, I can go down. So what I'll probably do in the morning is go down and see where I'm at. And then if uh, if I do need to do some craziness, then I'll do it then. But uh, right now I'm holding hold out pretty good. I, so I weigh in, I'm supposed to be 105 kilos. And I've weighed in the last couple of days at 105.2. So I'm right there. Like that's not a, not a big, big deal, but it's just, I got to make weight. Like that's, if I don't make weight, I don't lift. It's not like I, if I miss the weight, I lift in a different category. It's if I don't make weight, I don't lift. So it's important to make it. And the whole reason you're doing this Easterns yep. is so that you can make nationals. Yeah. So currently right now, like I have a total, like my three lifts total out enough for my weight class and age class that I've qualified for nationals. But they hold you to, you have to go to, you have to go to Easterns and compete at Easterns in order to make nationals. So it's so, just it's just a formality for you to be there. But the main formality is not what you lift at Easterns. It's really making weight so you can lift at Easterns. Yeah. That, so making that's weight is thing. a bigger deal than what you lift tomorrow. Yeah, it is. It is definitely um, because so I had a comp back in May before we got started with the podcast and everything. And I totaled. I don't know the exact numbers, but I totaled well over what I need to to qualify for nationals. But because of the stipulation, and they want people to go to Easterns is the thing. They want people to go to these these regionals because there's plenty of people that would qualify for nationals and could just go. But the reason they want people to go to these regionals is that it gives you experience on a bigger stage because the show I did it at was smaller. It was in my home gym, you know. I had some comforts. I had some stuff around me that, that, so now for nationals to go to nationals, 
I'm going to Newfoundland, which is a flight of, you know, it's not a long flight, but it's a four hour drive to get to the nearest airport that has a direct flight. So there's, there's some, there's, there's some stuff to it. So in order and doing the Eastern just kind of gets me prepared for, you know, staying in a hotel for a couple of days to, because, because of the drive here, it was a six and a half hour drive to get here. So yeah. Wow, I didn't know it was that far. So that's yeah. why you took a nap. So, so when <laughs> so when is the actual lift? Is it so Saturday? No, the lift is Thursday. So the lift so we're recording on Wednesday, as most people know. And I lift on Thursday Thursday afternoon. So I'll be right. thinking of you. I'll be doing a, a little a little workout in my workshop while you uh doing yeah. your thing to give you good vibes from the Americas. Yeah, so and that's part of the thing right now is I I'm dealing with an injury. I have I have uh, tendonitis in both knees at this <sighs> point. So um, it's coming around. It's getting a lot better. Um, it's a lot better than it was say three or four weeks ago. But um, it's tendonitis is an overuse thing. Um, my it's just uh, the issue I'm having is my quads. The top the upper part of my leg is really really tight, and it's keeping tension on the the tendon that goes over top of my kneecap on both legs. And it's given me a lot of, uh, it gave me a lot of pain really. And it just takes some time. Um, we're working on getting, um, actually going to start yoga after this comp to, uh, kind of do yoga once a week to hopefully, uh, get myself loosened, get my legs loosened up so that my knees start to feel better. And it's just, it's part of getting older. You just got to figure out ways to, at at 20, I could have done this, but at the same time, if I think if I was 20, I would have. I would have broken myself even worse by now because I, would, I, I wouldn't take care of myself. Do you hear him talking? He turns, what, 40 and he's already complaining about being old? I'm just what? saying getting Chad, older. Chad, when you turn 40, you'll complain about getting old too. It, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a switch goes off in your body and it's, okay, I'm, we're old now. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm still going to put 400 pounds on my back. So, um, yeah. So, no, for, for tomorrow, it'll be. I'm just going to go out and hit nine, like we do nine lifts, three lifts at each, each discipline. And my intent's just to go out and hit all nine lifts and just have a good, good, clean comp. Just get used to listening to the judges. Like you have three judges and you have a center judge that gives you your commands. So when I go take a squat, I get the bar on my back, I step back out of the rack. I have to sit or get set, hold, and then wait for the front judge to give me the command to squat and then I, I perform the squat and come back up and I can't go right back into the rack the second I'm up. I have to come up and pause and he- and show demonstrate that I've got the weight and that I'm not like leaning over or falling over or anything like that. Like I have to hold it steady. Can't take a step until he tells he or she tells me to rack and then I can put it into the rack. I just wish our listeners could see the video of what we're seeing because Tony just demonstrated everything that he just explained. I talk with my on the screen. Sorry. It was great. He's he's got his hands above and he's he's well, picking it up then, off the rack and putting it back and, on and, the rack. Anyway, we don't have to make fun of Tony about it, but it was funny. But then and then the, <laughs> But good luck, Tony. It's a yeah. it's a big deal. We wish you the best here. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, I'm gonna need good. updates tomorrow. I know you won't be able to send us messages, but uh probably gonna bar- bother your girl and be like, How how's my boy doing? Is he is he all right? Um, there is a link that I'll try and send out to you guys. Um, I'll try and share it on my Instagram or something to send it out to if anybody wants to watch. But 
Uh, powerlifting meets are a boring thing to watch. They are not, uh, they're not real exciting unless you have commentators, uh, because there's not a lot of information given out on just like a, a webcam live feed. Like you like might I would be able a to hear commentator for that kind of thing. Yeah. You might hear some, the occasional thing of someone going for a, a certain lift that they'll get a little louder so you can hear it, but it's generally not very. And then you have a hard time sometimes to track when people are coming up because your order changes depending on your weights and things like that. So it's not, uh, it's fun did, to do. It's not did fun. Did the girl to come with you? Oh yeah. She's here. She's, uh, so she's going to, so she's going to document it well with her photography. Yeah. She's going to so, put that, put that new camera to use. So we're all going to see it on social medias there. So yeah, I'm you'll very, see. I'm very excited about this. You'll see something probably in a, well, probably tomorrow. Tomorrow night, because we're our plan is to stay here again tomorrow night, and because of the out, because of the drive, because comps at six, their comps at four. Time it's done, it'll probably be seven or eight kind of thing. Um, I am not driving six and a half hours from here to uh, to home, so we just decided to to grab another night, and we're gonna drive home on Friday. I will say, on top of the competition, everyone should wish Tony good luck. It'll have already happened by the time it happens. But he also had a birthday <laughs> this week, so let's let's wish him a happy birthday. He hid that from us, so we couldn't announce it prior. I wasn't even thinking of it then. But send your boy a, a DM and say happy birthday. It's one of those milestone birthdays. I'll let you guess what which one it is. Oh, I already gave it away earlier. It's the big four zero. <laughs> well, maybe they think I'm thirty. Yeah, you you don't look a day over thirty, so you're doing good. Keith, what you got going on, man? Are you got anything fun, exciting, or are you stuck doing the the grind and paying the bills? I doing the grind, paying the bills. Well, that's good. But last weekend, um, as as Tony so pointed out, I already knew I needed to do it, but I I emptied my garage. I threw away a ton of garbage. Whoa! <laughs> like so much stuff. I've been giving away tools. Um, I've been throwing tools away. I've been. How many put- years have you lived there? Only four, but uh, it adds up quick. It's really not that that much. It, m- most of the stuff I have is in 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 wood. I had a lot of wood Tony, stashed everywhere. Did you hear him? No, you I had already really gotten rid of. No, I already gotten rid of the t- most of the tools when Tony made me bring them to camp and give them away. So good deal. <laughs> but I got a pod because I wanted to do wanted to redo the garage. So I'm going to paint all the walls, paint the ceiling, redo the concrete floor. So. um I got a pod last weekend. And what moved. is a pod? It's like a little storage container they drop off at your house. Oh, you rent cool. it for like on a month to month basis. Waterproof? Watertight? Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. It's like a content, like a container that goes on a ship. They call them pods, you know, like a container. So it was built the same or is it kind of no, lighter? like light duty? There was holes in it that they put <laughs> the, uh, like tape over. Um, I was in there and I leaned up. Um, my table saw the fence because I took it off the table saw and I leaned it on the wall and it slipped no. and went, it went like one of the ribs over and I thought for sure it was going to go right through <laughs> this little like aluminum. So, um, yeah, so I moved, I would say 80 per- The only thing I have these, um, like the tool chest, you know, uh, like a mechanics tool chest. Yeah. How many of those do you have? I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, so I have the one I've had for years. Back when I used to work on cars all the time and stuff, I had a Craftsman one. 
There's an upper and a lower. I don't have the mid thing, but it's packed to the gills with mechanics and wrenches. So it's heavy. It's all metal stuff in there. I got my air tools in the bottom. It's all organized, but it's it's heavy. So I moved that into the... Uh, I was by myself, but I got it into the um, into the pod, and I almost dropped it. Oh. Like, like I, I mean, the thing weighs probably four or 500 pounds. Did the drawers come open? No, no, because I, I did it as if they were going to do it. But, you know, you know, like I had to lift up one end and put it on there. And it, it's not a high lift. It's only like maybe maybe six inches. But when yeah. I did it to get the second one up, I had to kind of pull it back and lift. And it just kind of slid. And it almost, I had it almost on the ground. I had to lift the whole thing back up and I got it. Some of the tools are now inside the chest. So I got to remove the drawers. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'll do that once I get it out because I know the same thing's going to happen on the way yeah. out. Um, so I had another set of mechanics drawers that I keep some woodwork and stuff in. And um, I didn't feel like doing that with that and having everything get all jumbled up. So I just left that in the garage. I left the mower in the garage and my table saw. So I am, I have, you know, in my garage up above, I had these like weird shelves that are up above that were there. And there's like, I don't even know what that stuff is. It's just as you accumulate stuff. It's not tools or anything. Like decorations? No. Like I had um, these tubs, like the, like the Tupperware tubs Mm -hmm. that were up there. I didn't know what was in them. Turns out nothing. They were just oh, empty, <laughs> empty tubs More from space. when we moved. I had uh, I had uh, a Jeep top. You, you know, the Jeep soft top is yep. stored up there. Like stupid stuff like that. Uh, I had uh, screen printing stuff, like screen sp- printing supplies up there. But I pulled all that down. So now that's on a table in the garage. So, and then that's all going to get either thrown away or, or whatever this weekend. And then I'm going to paint this weekend. And then I'm going to start loading everything back in. But today I just went right before this podcast and I went and I got a, uh, another off oh, Facebook marketplace, but another mechanics tool. Chip. I was going to build cabinets, uh, to store some stuff in, but I figured screw it. One more chest and everything will be in the four cabinets and then that's it. I'm done. Wow. If, the, if it doesn't fit in the cabinets, I'm not keeping it. <laughs> so that's another rolling chest you got like a mechanics thing. Yeah. So how many do you have total now? One, two. Five. Five mechanics tool chests. Wow. Did you see where Jimmy took four of them? He bought four brand new ones. He got yeah, like that. Butcher yeah. block top and, and made that mobile workstation. It's not cheap, but it's pretty cool. And having all those tools right there is pretty pretty smart. I liked liked what he did with that. Not something I could afford, but I think it was a cool idea how he put that all together. What color are you going to paint your walls? Are you going um, nostalgic green or what you doing? I have uh, like an he off- doesn't want to go blind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine I have, a shop that color. Ooh. I have like an off white that'll go well with sawdust. Yeah, I have yeah. the paint. Uh, so we bought paint for our house, and it was supposed to. It didn't work right, hmm. so so I mixed it up with some other paints, and now it's like an off white. So I'm just gonna paint it off white. I don't want to spend money on it. Mm, I'm spending money. So I was gonna do the epoxy flooring. And uh, I hear the the DIY stuff you can get the homebox stuff is not great, mm. and it's kind of pricey when you figure out how much you need. And then yep. to have it done is ridiculous. And then to buy the commercial type stuff to do it yourself, you still got to rent the thing to grind up all the the top layer, and it's a nightmare. Oh, so is that one of the steps? So that's probably where the DIY kit fails. Is they're probably not 
scratching the surface to for it to adhere to, right? Yeah. Mm, interesting. There's like an etch you can put down. Yeah. To chemically etch the concrete, which I'm going to do for the step I'm going to do is like an epoxy paint. It's not the two-part epoxy. Uh, yeah. It's just an epoxy paint. Um, but it's made for concrete garage floors. And if you wanted to do the sprinkle stuff, you could, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. I like that because if it does start peeling, then it just looks like more speckle, you know, but I don't know. Cool. That sounds pretty exciting to get your, your shop all emptied out, cleaned up and get it you ready. You have to- no idea how much I got rid of. <laughs> so I, much just crap. Tony knows because he I was here. Imagine. Yeah. We last week we talked about how you put your drill press at the road and the crazy guy and the grand marquee slammed on brakes and reversed. <laughs> Have you put anything else out by the road for him? I put a lot out. I put um so I had when we moved in, the guy here, he had like these um what would you call that blue stuff in the back corner there? Like workbenches with drawers and one was a cabinet, but it was all like particle board and it was a nice workbench, but you know, after years, it starts to fall apart. It's kind of mm. falling apart when I got there. I had a pegboard in the back. All that's gone. Nice. I don't even know what was in it. it like, it, it, it was just there, you know? So, that's all gone now. Good deal. So, they went out to the end of the road. I had a, like a woodwork, like a, like a hand tool bench, like woodworking bench, you know, with the, the vice on one side and a vice on the end and the hold fast holes in it. I got rid of one of those. I'm proud that, of you. I feel like that would be a gone. hard one to let go. No. <laughs> I knew. Uh, no. Nothing is hard to let go. I want to be able to work. and That's great. The way it was, it wasn't working. I mean, I have to replace that somehow with, I need an outfeed table on my table saw. But that wasn't, like I had that where it should have been an outfeed table, but it wouldn't work as an outfeed table because it was too low, too mm. narrow. So I think I may make a like a folding outfeed table for the table saw so it'll fold under. When I'm not using it, so I can tuck it up against the wall. Are you going to do the CAD layout of your workshop so you can put the tools in the most I've, optimal places? I, I've already done that. Have you? <laughs> I want to see them. Uh, send me some screenshots. I want to see what yeah, you're coming right up with. Right now, um, Tony was here. So I have a lot of yard stuff in my garage. I got yes. a mower. I got get, get it out. I got four bikes in there. I have leaf blower, that type of stuff in there. There's two people in the house. How do you need four bikes? <laughs> Thank you. We have six bikes. <laughs> six <laughs> bikes? Oh, wow. More yeah, than we the have, tool chest. Well, we used to live right by the beach. So we had two little beach cruisers. Uh, we go mountain biking, so we have mountain bikes. And then we have road bikes for when we go like cycling, I guess you'd say. He used to live near the beach, yet the bikes still live on in his space. Do you have the shorts? I'm o- I'm only yeah I do I'm only um and the shoes I'm more about the shoes than the shorts um I'm only 15 minutes from the beach now 15 minute car ride oh. so but yeah I don't ride that bike anymore and that I am getting rid of it though there you go those bikes can take up a lot of space they take up so much space so mm-hmm. I'm gonna put together a uh I'm gonna get a shed nah. hey I I've got lots of tips and tricks as far as sheds go. You're going to build yourself a <laughs> gravel pad for it. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I'm going to do 10 tons concrete. of gravel for it. I'm going to do. I'm going to do. And you only need two. Concrete. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do. I'm going to do a shed. I'm going to get a shed maybe in the spring <laughs> for all that stuff. Oh, 
And you then the shed we have it. now isn't really conducive to put mowers and stuff in because of where it's at and the entrance of it and all that stuff. So that'll be a pool house for the pool. I keep forgetting that Keith lives in a mansion with a pool and a pool house. <laughs> it's got yeah. a zero turn mower. Gazebo. Yeah. Pool, tennis pool court. Don't you have a tennis court? Relative term. I, I do have a tennis court. Yeah. I stalked you on Google Maps and Basketball, I Basketball, found... volleyball court, beach volleyball. What the heck? He's... I think he. this used to be like a cult house or something. Something strange used to go on in this place. You didn't put in the tennis courts. What was the last owner of that house? Do you know anything about him? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Glad you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Anytime. Yeah, Realize anytime. the point of a podcast is talking, right? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I know. He was, a, um, he was a, a police officer. Wow. I didn't know they got paid money. Was uh, his wife. Teacher. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's the double whammy, poor family. <laughs> Especially in Jersey. Yeah. I can but, say that because I used to be a che- teacher. Just yeah. So anyway, I want to have a little shed to keep all the yard stuff in and the bikes and then convert the, what I guess should be the shed for the house, which is not like you can't use it as a shed, but you get your little motorbike out of that pool shed too. No, that'll stay in the pool shed. That's where I want it. You don't want to drive it? No, yeah, I want to drive it, but that's where I'll store it. It's in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, once you get your shop arranged and cleaned up the way that you want, do you feel like you're going to be able to be more productive and get out all those high-tension client builds that you got going on over there? Yeah, that's that's the plan. The only thing I didn't account for in the plan is where the laser's going. Laser? Oh, the Ortur, right? What about that outfit table? What could you do with that? I want to have that folding. Okay. So that out. laser is so lightweight, you could do a flip top tabletop and it could be on the underside or you could hang it on the wall like I do. Well, they, that's what I'm thinking, hang it on the wall and then just pull it down and put it on the outfit yeah. table when I'm using it. So that's not staying in the house. That's going to be in the garage. Yeah. I wouldn't do that in the house. Yeah. Not unless you got really good ventilation <laughs> and then you're going to lose all your AC or heating during the winter. So. Yeah, that makes sense. But you know, it's kind of it's gonna be good to get put in order because as it was, there was no cabinets really. Everything was just out. Yeah, middle of the floor, more or less. Yeah, it was all over the floor. Like in order for me to do anything, I had to move everything every time. Move it here, move it there. Move That's it here, no move fun. There. When you now, walk out there to go do something, and you see that you have to move it. You'll probably you probably just it. walk yeah. back inside. <laughs> nope, not happening. Yeah. So. Now it's all going to be organized. That's great. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with my place as well once I get all these giant woodworking tools out of the workshop here. Told you to measure it all. Cause I know. I'm just not ready for that step yet. Well, actually, I do need to do that step because that's part of electrical You mean you're not well. ready for it? I was going to say, you need to lay That's part of electrical. Yeah, we need to <laughs> know where all the layout. tools are going to be. I, I had the measurement. I did it the first day, but I did it in my head. I didn't write it down. And it's a random number. It's not exactly 12 by... 20 it's so you ever watch less. these guys like uh woby like woby designs yeah where he works in the container now he's not in a container but when he worked in the container he had his table saw up against the wall mm-hmm. how does that is that useful like would you do that i because think- i've debated like right now tony you were there so my ha- my garage is weird it's not a typical square garage and it's got like two doors like like, like two man doors in it yeah you got a lot like, of juts and stuff yeah, the, and then, yeah. The whole the, to give you an idea, 
I have all this stuff in there and it, it's, it's 312 square feet. That's it. So even though it's got a two car garage door on it, it's a one car garage. And then it's got all these juts and doors. So there's really no room in there. But uh, the way I have it laid out now, Tony, is when you open the garage door, the door into the house on the other end and the door out to the backyard on the other end. Yeah. That whole path, the width of that, like, like six and a half feet. Yeah. Should all be clear at all times. That's yeah, a clear that would, path. That would be good. And then the toolboxes are all going to go on the one side with everything in it. That weird pocket on the right will be where all the like the joiner and the bandsaw and all that live. And I'll just wheel it out as I need it. And then to the left of that alleyway I told you about, that'll be, if you go in line there, that'll be the mower, the table saw, and the CNC machine in line right there. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That could work out pretty good. Uh, my only concern is, well, it's not really a concern, but something that I really find useful is I have my jointer right to the left of my table saw and it's low enough that it doesn't affect like uh, usability of the table saw and it makes edge joining and then going to the table saw real quick and easy. Like it's a joint this edge to the table saw. It's like a back and forth kind of thing. Are you concerned about your joiner being too far away from your table saw? If you no, because then I'll need the joiner. I'm going to wheel it out next to the table saw. Okay. So the idea is down that alleyway in the center where it's going to be mower. I move the mower out when I work out there, right? It'll be mower, table saw, and the CNC. Under the CNC is my dust collector, right? So my CNC is okay. on a table. Dust collector is going to be underneath it. So whenever I use either the bandsaw, the joiner, the planer, whatever, I'm going to wheel that into that open alleyway with the two doors, right? And then hook up the dust collector. So I can hook it up to the joiner. It'll be next to the table saw. Edge joint, switch to the table saw, switch the dust collector, Perfect. and I'm ready to go. I don't need yeah. all the dust collection piping all over. So, mm-hmm. you know, the tools are going to be moved to the dust collector, which is very different from anyone else, but with a small garage with this weird cubby hole. It's I'm going to store efficient. all the power tools in the cubby hole and wheel it out as I need it. The 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 uh, suction on a dust collector is drastically decreased the further away you get from the the fan, especially if you're using that um, bendy pipe with all the ribbings. I do use that. Yeah, that's uh, that really cuts off cuts down on the airflow. So the shorter you can make those, the better. So I think bringing the tools to the dust collector is a it's a smart move. Yeah, I, I think with your spot too, Keith. I mean, you're saying you're 312 square feet, like. You got to be modular. You got to be mobile in that small space. I think you can't can't set everything up hard in one spot. You know, this is where it's going to live. Well, that was my problem. Like when I moved here, so at my old house, I had a table saw. I couldn't really use it in my basement, so I'd have to drag it out, put it back in. So I didn't really have a workshop per se. You know, um, now that I have a workshop, I started buying the extra stuff like the planer, the joiner, and. Before I had it, I didn't know how I wanted to set it up or how I could set it up in that shop. So it was always just like, oh, let's just get that next thing and put it in there. Get the next thing and put it in there. Now that I have it all, I could measure it, plan it out, and come up with the idea that I'm coming up with now. So it almost took me four years to get here, but I think this will be the most efficient way. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, we've kind of had a little bit of a conversation in our household, and we're planning for retirement and that. I mean- and it's a long ways off. He but turns 40 and he's talking I know. retirement. I'm, I'm an old oh. soul. I'm an old soul. What? Hey, that's what I'm doing all this for. That's why I blacksmith. It's it's my <laughs> retirement project to keep me busy. I, I want to retire at 55 and not just, you know what I mean? Yes. Do so it as soon as you can. 
it's uh it's one of those things so we we were talking about it and i think we're going to end up uh we we're looking at trying to find a place and i think now we've said you know what let's just we're just going to end up building so i'm starting to do a little planning on what my next shop's going to look like <gasps> but this is like this is like five ten year plan type idea so it's we're a long ways off but i'll have it i'll have it dialed in by the time i go to build Man, I know you say five is a long ways down the road, but I feel like I sneeze sometimes and it's five years down the road. So, I, I mean, this is exciting. All three of us are kind of improving our shop situations. I've got the woodshed. Keith yeah. has just gotten all the crap out and he's revitalizing everything. And Tony, you're talking about building one from scratch, like a pole barn or what are we looking at here? I am like... Day two on planning. So it's it's kind of like, do I, these are the things I'm looking at is, do I stay, do I go with a pole barn with uh, just concrete footers around the outside and then have like a crushed stone or gravel floor like I do already, which I, I like that because I don't have to worry about damaging anything really. If I need to do anything, I I, um, I can just shovel out whatever mess I made and then put, put new stuff in. Like kitty litter. Kind of. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to talk much about it now because I mean, it's, I'm a long ways off, but I have done some thinking about things like we talked about before. I wanted to do a four by eight layout table. Well, I think that's going to be probably the center fixture to whatever I do. And just thinking about it, that's going to take a lot of space. Like that is be, a big table. <laughs> to be usable, it yeah. will take up like we figured. So four by eight, then you need at least three foot clear all the way around it. Yeah. At least three. Yeah. So you're up. Then you're going to need a path three foot, at least 36 inches wide to whatever door comes in and goes out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking probably a 16 by 20 kind of size. Maybe, maybe maybe that big, not that big at all. But yeah. So there's some, there's some thoughts and some plans. How deep you going with the anvil stump this time? Oh, it'll be the same, but it'll be this time. It'll be done with an excavator and not my back. And you'll use that to to bring up the old one, or are you doing just new new treated lumber in the new spot? Oh, that stump's going to stay where it's at. The one I got right now. <laughs> the, the anvil's coming off it, and then any I probably will have to dig it up for the next owners. But yeah. But anyways, enough about my stuff. What about your shop? You got uh, you got some stuff going on, don't you, Chad? Uh, what are we yeah. calling this shed? The saga of the shed. Who me? Oh, it's a it, it is a saga. Shad. It's the shad. Chateau. No. Can we call it the dusty shed? Because you're moving all your Yeah, dust. it will be the dusty shed. The wood the wood chips. Hmm. I don't know. We should put that out to our listeners. Come up with a catchy name for the woodshed saga that's going on. But before we get into that, I feel like I I have if, some, do we some... do we want catchy or do we just want something terrible? So it's just It goes along with the whole <laughs> feeling about this thing. Can it be both? Can it be cheesy, terrible, and catchy? I guess that'd be three things. But uh, yeah, man, it's. I feel like it's been a long time since I've just caught up people on things or or you guys. You remember the the wedding sign, right? The the horrors of the wedding sign. I haven't been to ask you about that. <laughs> I haven't told you about it. Okay. So background story is I made a sign for a wedding venue in California. The first one broke on delivery. It was broken on delivery. Okay. No problem. I told the person I was going to make them a new one. I did have insurance on it. But I never thought I would get that insurance money. Made a second one, sent it out to them, made it to them. They're happy with the second one. They're over the moon. They left me a good review. 
I get a bill from my shipping company. Right. You told us this. So, the original fee was supposed to be $90. I specifically made the crate to be exactly at that point. They charged me up one extra inch on it, which sent it $172 more than the original cost. So, we're over like $200 just in shipping the second sign. So, I'm like 300 something dollars in shipping both these signs out there. Well, the clouds have moved away. The rain is gone. The rainbow is here. We, I talked to the owner at Ship Nerd. I didn't give their name out before because I wasn't sure if he was going to resolve the issue. We got pictures from the client of the, the second box. They measured it out. He put in a dispute to UPS. They refunded the $172. So I got that money back. But I also didn't say that the insurance claim on the first sign that broke got paid in full. So a $600 sign got paid back to me for $700. So I basically made two signs at that cost and everything worked out. And I didn't think it would. So there's a good story for you. So I got some shipping news for you. What you got? Since we're talking shipping, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I will. I like talking about shipping. So you know how I said there was a couple items from the swap that I agreed to ship out? Yeah. I think I said it last week. One was the John Ariana hammer and the other one was um, the glass. Somebody, um, Andre de Leon, whoever won her glass blowing stuff that she entered. So I go to UPS and I have that and I have a package to send to Tony and I got these two boxes. I get up to the counter and I'm talking to the girl and I said, all right, I didn't want to box it up. One, because I didn't have boxes because like I said, I boxed up my whole garage. So I says... Uh, I want to pay for you to box it up and I want to ship this to this guy and this to this guy. And then do you ship to Canada? And she says, do not ship through with us through to Canada. You're better off going somewhere else. Yeah. She's right. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, now I got to make another stop. Bet. Right. Which the post office hours are a pain in the butt for me. And they're so to. lovely there most of the time. Oh, I'm so <laughs> angry all the time. Now I wish in hindsight, I had just gone to the post office. So, Oh no. I go through the whole spiel. I say, all right, let's do one thing at a time, you know? And I give her, um, I give her the hammer. I, I, I have printed out the address it goes to who it's on. I put it all in a pack. Now I had wrapped the hammer up in, 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 in bubble pack, you know? So it's this big giant bubble pack. <laughs> so I'm paying for a box twice as big as I say, here's what I want you to do. Make sure it gets to this address intact. I'm paying you to pack it. So I don't get nailed for, I packed it wrong. If it shows up wrong, she goes, what is it? It says a hammer. I said, but don't put it. It's a hammer. You got to put it as an art piece because it's bullshit. You're never going to insure a hammer for the cost that this thing would be to replace. Yeah. She says, okay, I'll put it in as an art piece, put it in as a sculpture. And then I said the same thing for the glass thing. Now I have these three little things of glass. I, I don't know. I don't know how many, but the whole, like if you were to hold them together, they'd be like this, right? Like nothing, like, Maybe a fist size. So, yeah, Keith is holding up his hand at about a golf ball size. Yeah. Now, I have that wrapped up in the same amount of bubble wrap (laughs) as the other thing. That's fair. They're pretty delicate. Yeah, they're pretty delicate. And I have it all in between. And I said, I want you to wrap this up and package it so this doesn't get damaged. Because if if what I gave them doesn't get damaged, then, then what's inside won't get damaged. How stressful that you ended up with glass that had to be shipped. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I have the two worst things to ship. I have glass and a hammer. (laughs) 
So yeah. they throw I the put, hammer on top of the glass after you yeah. leave. <laughs> right. Right. So we do the whole thing and they put the, they put the, I put the paperwork on. I say, all right, let's do the hammer first. She's okay. She takes the hammer. She puts it behind her in the, the, the little area, the table that says, you know, we have to box this up and ship it out. The address is on top. And she takes the printout. She says, make sure this printout matches the right address. I said, it does. Right on there, it says hammer. I told her to put art piece, but it says hammer on the printout. She gave me with the address. I said, okay, it goes on that. And then we start the glass one. Same spiel, whole thing. She puts it over there. I get a DM. Now, the hammer was supposed to arrive Monday. The glass thing was supposed to arrive Friday. Would I, you know, I get a DM from oh, the guy who was supposed to get the glass on Friday. No, he's like, my heart he's drops. Like, He's like, thanks for the shipment. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful hammer, but you told me I was getting the glass. Out. Oh, no. <laughs> that sucks. No, 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 Keith. Now, if you don't know the story about this, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I go on how John Ariani over at Sunset Forge and Jay talked about how he thought I was going to steal the hammer at Maker Camp, which was never going to happen. But... I went on to tell him who won it, blah, blah, blah. So it's not even like I could just say, oh, yeah, that's what you got in the swap, you know? Like, this, <laughs> like I've already gone through every channel. Everyone knows who's getting what. This hammer has been the bane of my existence. Oh, so I'm not shipping first. any items next year. If you're not present, it's not happening. But the cool thing is the two guys that won, the one guy who won the glass thing and the guy who won the hammer thing, I put them all in a group chat and I was like, sorry, I went to UPS. I, I wanted them to pack it so nothing would happen on my account, blah, blah, blah. I said, if you guys don't mind just sending it, and they were going to pay me to ship it. I was like, just send it, whatever. I don't want any money for anything. Just handle it on your own. And they said, yeah, man, no problem. We'll handle it on our own. So they swapped yeah. items. I don't know how they're getting it to each other. I don't care. It is what it is. Maybe they kept the items. Maybe they said, screw it. I haven't heard from them since, but I'm okay with it. But man. This shipping thing that you do every day, Chad, is for the birds. I'm out. Uh, honestly, whenever I have a shipment out and I know it's being delivered soon, and I get that little bling bling that I get a message from a client, I don't even want to open it because, like, I mean, it's it's one out of a hundred that something terrible happens, like what happened recently. But my gut always drops when I get a message right when I know something's being delivered. But most of the time, it's them thanking me, leaving a review, saying something nice. But yeah, shipping is. It's a nightmare most of the time. Yeah, I'm concerned with that too. Like, I, I want to at some point expand what I'm doing, and and I'm hoping for this Christmas season to, you know, put a few things out there and be able to ship stuff out. But I, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't want. I, I'm, I'm worried. I want to do it, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to really deal with it. Yeah, especially around Christmas time uh, last year. I mean, every single shipping company was just completely backlogged. There were a few items of mine that got stuck with the postal service for over three months past Christmas. They were great in doing, they, they refunded the hundred dollars for each item, which thankfully they were all small items. Um, there was no questions asked with that. Thank goodness. But it was kind of disappointing because some of those items I still needed to remake and get shipped out. But yeah, prepare yourself. If you're doing Christmas orders, try to get them out as soon as possible. Well, didn't they already say if you didn't order it by now, you're probably not getting it by Christmas? I have heard people say that. So, yeah. Tony, I haven't shipped your stuff out yet, and I apologize for that. Oh, there's no, there's no panic on any I, of that stuff. I think Tony's just glad that <laughs> his billet of forged metal didn't end up smushing a piece of glass from 
yeah. Andrea de Leon. Yeah. <laughs> it It's so sketchy. I'm not doing any of the shipping. I don't blame you. If it does come down to it, I could take it and do it if we have to, but we could try to just. No, but I, I, I mean, the, next these year were you... two, these were two extreme circumstances. They both said before they left. So yeah. I, I'm okay with what happened. I'm not okay with the aftermath, <laughs> but it's stressful. I'm not a shipping guy. I, I don't deal with it on a daily basis. Um, bless your heart for covering the cost. Cause I know I have a day many- job. I, I don't, I don't, I can't get to the USPS to do it, you know? So I just, it was already too late by the time I could get off my job at a decent hour to go to a UPS store, let alone USPS to get it done. A little tip and trick for people. If you trust your carrier and if you don't have an issue with porch pirates, you can do, you can schedule a pickup. If so, if you go ahead and print your own label at home, just make sure you fix it really well with packing tape and everything, but you can have your carrier pick up on your doorstep. Yeah. That's if you have the boxes and the packing yeah. materials. Sure. I just had happened to get a ton of packing material through a different, it wasn't even a box that showed up. It just happened to get packing material to be able to pack the stuff that I packed it. I didn't have boxes to send it out, you know? So what, I, I'm, I, I, what I'm hearing is I should have sent my stuff to Georgia with Chad and I might get it. <laughs> it probably would yeah. have shipped out a day <laughs> yeah. early too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now wow. yours will go out uh, the minute I can get to a post office. Yeah. And like I say, I'm in no, Which, I'm in no rush. I'm in the field tomorrow in, um, I'm in the city tomorrow and the next day. So hopefully if I get home in time, I can go to a post office and get it shipped out. That'll be good. Besides that news, um, trophies, I got hooked up with a a local 5k, 10k. That is, um, kind of like a cancer awareness fundraiser. And they messaged me about making some trophy holders for the metals that they had made. So I got to use some plexiglass and some wood, put it all together and uh, it came out pretty good. I'm happy with it. Uh, we we based it on a design that they found online of somebody who sells something similar on Etsy for uh, $250 a piece. <laughs> and that was not in their budget because, again, they're kind of like a nonprofit. Um, so we got the price down to something that they could afford. And I'm going to try to rip this guy off on Etsy. If, you, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Just wait. Give me a few weeks. I'm going to have my item <laughs> up there and I'm going to undercut you. Don't do that. Everyone's just trying to make money. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. You got to have competition. I, I'm only saying this because I read his little bio, and he in his bio he says, and I also sell and make the world's best metal holders. And I'm like, yeah, but challenge it, accepted. <laughs> but it, the, the problem is it's a constant race to the bottom. Eh, to an extent. It would still have to be at my happy price. You know, Keith, the happy price? I only do things for the happy price, otherwise I don't do it. I mean, I would be happy at $200 per piece, So, but right. any lower than that. The problem nah. is it's a race to the bottom, and then everything gets outsourced, and then... and then I don't know. Is Are things in America being outsourced anymore? We can't get them through the ports. A lot of yeah, companies 100%. are having to go to Canada or work here in, in the U.S., which I think is fine-ish. Yeah, but that's, that's a temporary problem. It's more expensive. I'm talking about the systemic issue. The race to the bottom pricing. Yeah, seems like a good topic. We should make the whole point. Go the whole point it. of Etsy is to get handmade goods at a decent value and help out a fellow maker. Yeah, my sister actually was just telling me she bought something from Etsy recently, and she thought it was going to be made from like a, a local person, and she thought it was going to be good quality. But she got it, and she said it was 
like it was supposed to be leather, but she ended up getting it. And it was like spandex and she could tell it was like made by a manufacturing warehouse or something like that. And I said, yeah, you got to be careful on Etsy now. The, the amount of single man workshops is getting smaller and smaller. I blame Etsy for Etsy's problem. It is. Uh, I think we need to, I need think somebody needs to create another service to bring Etsy back to what Etsy was. You know, sadly, the competition they have was Amazon. Amazon handmade. I don't know if it's still a thing anymore, but I think they're going to run into the same issue. They're just going to end up getting a bunch of resellers. Uh, it, but there's got to be a way to stop it. You know, if you have a, um, was this handmade as part of your um, review process and somebody says no, then you're off. You just get suspended, something like that. You yeah, know? and I, th- I think Amazon be actually a had it. a vetting system in place that they would not let people in. Amazon we, handmade, yeah, you had to be. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to provide pictures of your pieces, um, a little your bit shop, of background information. Yeah, so that that is good that they're doing that, and that is not something that Etsy does at all. You can basically create a shop and start selling as soon as you want. So you can sell anything on Etsy. That's the pro- that's not what Etsy was. It's not the intended. Greed got to Etsy and yep. ruined Etsy. And I actually I follow someone on Instagram who has had good luck on uh, Amazon Handmade. And he says that's actually where he does most of his business, which is kind of shocking to me because I never really listed any items on there. I'm trying to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's Handcrafted by Trey. Um, he, he, has, he started out kind of the same as me. Like he didn't have a CNC. He was doing everything but Jigsaw and Scrollsaw. Um, but he uh, has been doing good. It's grown. He was recently able to get a large, more powerful CNC than even what I have. And he's very successful. I follow his stories and he posts pictures of the amount of boxes that he's shipping out. I'm like, dang, Trey, you are straight up killing it over there. And I think he still has a full-time job as well. So my hat goes off to you, Trey. Uh, Big Blue, trying to get the video out for that. Uh, I was actually using all day this morning to... Get footage of that, trying to prepare the video for it, um, trying to make it interesting, keep it concise, show the difference between what Big Blue has compared to what my original red and black laser has. And I'm coming up with some interesting results. Some things expected, some things not expected, but hoping to get that video out soon. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So you're going to get this shed done or what? (laughs) Yeah, shed is moving. We actually had some progress on the shed today. Like I was saying before, we By really... progress, do you mean you took a couple naps in it? No, we, I actually had people come out. Um, Did you, you know, take the, first... the hammocks down? <laughs> one hammock is down. It's hanging <laughs> on one side. That means there was multiples. <laughs> it's still in there, but I did bring down half of All it. All right, so you had somebody come out. Yes. Okay, so we know that the first step is we need to get electrical out there. Um, before that happens, it's not even a workshop. I can't do anything because I'm a power tool user. So I called, um, an electrician trying to get some electricians to come out and give me a quote. It's quite a situation. The shed is on the opposite side of my house from where the sub or the main panel is in my house. Um, the distance is probably, well, we actually just measured it out. The run of electrical wire is going to be 150 feet of wire. So it's quite a distance. We have to go through some obstacles. Um, the actual electrician has not come out yet. He's going to be coming Friday morning. Um, but some of my friends and family saw that I was looking for electricians because you know how you can do the Facebook recommendations. I just said, hey, 
give me your electrician's names and numbers so I can call them. And my brother-in-law saw that and he said, hey, Chad, I think this is something that you and I can probably team up together and do. Um, He has a background in automotive, uh, what is automotive tech, what he used to do Um, is he's really skilled in whatever he puts his mind to. And I was a little apprehensive at first. I said, hey, don't worry about it. I know you're super busy. Um, I have an electrician coming out. And he said, you know what? I'm still going to come out. Let's just take a look at it and and see. And after having him out here, hearing him talk about it, he even like taught me a lot of information about electrical and how it works and how to keep it to code. After hearing him talk, and we actually came up with a parts list, the gauge of wire that we need and everything, I, I'm kind of excited to be able to compare what it would cost if we did it ourselves. Who came up with your gauge of wire? It's based on the distance. I'm, I'm well aware. As much distance as you have, you you put more and more load on the gauge of wire that you have. Too much gauge, too much heat. So what, so what are you running then? I mean, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think it's... If we do copper, we can do a thinner wire. If we do aluminum, it has to be the zero-aught or one-aught, I think is what it's called. And I think we're going to go with the more expensive copper because it's going to be easier to thread through all the obstacles that we have to get through. Now, I'm saying this because... It's just options. I have the options, the price. I haven't even gotten everything yet, but I think we're looking at about $1,000 in materials. We're, I'm excited to see what the electrician's going to come up with. Is it going to be 1000 If it is, hey, I'm going to let the electrician do it. If it's going to be $5,000. It's going to be more than 1000 It's going to be more. Yeah. I mean, guys, honestly, if it's going to be $5,000, I've got to figure out how to make it happen on my own. Because that's not in the budget. That's not yeah, what I that's, expected. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, that's that's also, that doubles the cost of your shed right now. Yeah. So, are you trenching? There, Yes. There will be no wires going through the sky. We're going to run it along the house and conduit. Um, once we get to kind of where the gravel is, we're going to trench it, go under the barrier where I created all the gravel. It's going to come up behind the shed. And then we're going to do the sub panel inside. At least that's what I want. I want it to look good. So <laughs> I would not do it yourself. Why? Uh, because it, if you do it and you screw it up, your homeowner's insurance is going to be all over it. I don't think they're going to know that I did it. You going to get a permit? No. <laughs> I live in they're Georgia. And they're, they're 100% going to know you did it. How? Because if something happens and you need to make a claim... And you don't have a permit for that shed being electrified. Oh, pish posh. <laughs> now that I, said. How do I know the electrician's even going to get a permit? Because you tell them to get a permit. That's part of what you're paying for. Oh, but, I, but okay. So whatever. Red tape. It covers your butt though. It does cover your ass. So I'm not saying that you can't do the labor. You can trench it. You can do the conduit. You can even pull the. You can even pull the cable after you put in all your conduit and you trench it. You put a trench through the ground. You pull all your cable. You can even mount all your boxes in the shed. Mount all your conduit in the shed That if you're going to run it in conduit. I don't know what your plan is. Or run all your wire and just leave loops at every box. And then you pay the electrician to come in one day. He's going to tell you the cable in that he wants and set it all up. And then all he does is come in. He terminates the, I mean, you don't really need to have him do anything past the, the sub panel, but from the yeah. sub panel to your main panel, you have him do that. He gets that mm-hmm. permitted with one outlet 
And then from that outlet, you do the rest of the circuits on your own. That I would say do. But as far as turning it into the the panel and running it and getting a permit for it, let the town know. Like for me, I would pay somebody to at least get the panel electrified. Now the trenching and the they and, and the pulling of the cable, I would do all that. So it's only twenty minutes of your electrician coming in and saying, "All right, let me turn it here and let me turn it here." But then he can sign off that you know it's done but his way. Do you think the electrician would be comfortable using? trenching that i did myself or do you think he would have to inspect it so don't bury it until okay. he's until he's done that's smart. Um, yeah that, that that's what that's what i do uh leave everything open let him see everything be very transparent with it mm-hmm. and let him see the trench let him see what it's in what's under it what's under the wire what's all the know. boxes all the connections yeah feel it and then yeah i mean that way you've only got an hour or two of, you know you're only paying serve. for two hours of an electrician's time yeah but you're pulling the permit. It's under his license. You get it inspected on your time, not his, right? If he has to come back out and fix something, you pay him for the extra hour, he comes back out. But then you get it to just the sub panel and one breaker outlet. After that, breaker outlet's there. I can do then, everything from there. Then do everything from there and don't, who cares about the permit then, mm-hmm. you know? But all you need is that one trench line done, tapped into the panel, tapped at your breaker point here. I For me, if I were you, that's the way I would do it. Yeah. But do the labor yourself, you and your buddy. And then when the electrician comes and you say, listen, I can't afford that. I, I know I can't afford you now. What's the deal if I trench out from the panel to here and I give you the Greg Conduit, I forget the name of it, right? And you pull the wire EMT. and you have- What? EMT. Yeah. And you have it waiting over here and waiting over there and your box is mounted. All that stuff is mounted. All he has to do is come in and term it, and put his name on it, and get the permit, then that's what I would do. No, this is good information. Uh, I like kind of the the contrast and what, you know, I'm leaning towards, and I think that you're giving me good pointers and tips to kind of talk with the electrician once he shows up on Friday, just because, you know, like if he drops the bombshell, hey, it's 5,000, I can say, okay, what if we, what if I do some of the work? What can we do? Like, can we get it down to 2,000? Because if we got it near there, I'm more apt to do it you know oh, 2000 it's a no-brainer just pay somebody to do yeah it. for a thousand i mean you already know it's going to cost you a thousand right right now you know it's going to cost you mm-hmm. regardless of if you do it and hire an elect and don't hire an electrician it's costing you a thousand bucks so for the extra thousand to not have to lift a finger yep pull that trigger quick and get in the shop and start making more signs yep yeah that's yeah. that's another thing because even my brother-in-law he said hey when, if we do this, this is a full day. We will be out when, here for eight hours. No so doubt. So when you looked at parts, where did you go to look for parts? Did you just go to your Home Depot? Home Depot's going to rip you off. So we haven't really looked at the parts yet. He's just written, I have a list of the things that I okay. need to get done to accomplish so it. So my advice there, because I had to go through this stuff to, to get, um, go to like a Harrison Rome or someone like that, like someone that deals, that, that electricians go to. Yeah. Not not someone that your handyman goes to. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere yeah, like that. If you're you electrician, can go in and get everything you need. There's no guesswork. If you're an electrician of shopping at Home Depot, you hire the wrong electrician. The wrong yes. one. That's yep. what I mean. Your electrician should be shopping at a Harrison Rome or I can't think of it, another company, but I think that's the one that's local here that I've used. When I did my two by seventy two, I wired that myself. But that's pretty much like like wiring up a a mini grinder, just three wires and away you go. It's not a not a huge deal, but um, 
the people I dealt with there were very helpful. And they're specialized in it. Yeah, they know. Yeah, and knowledgeable as well. Like they, they may not know the action. Well, probably most of them do, but they may not know the exact thing. But they know they they have enough of a, a background in it and seeing what guys like the electricians are coming in and getting every day. They probably got a, a a good handle on what what they need for certain things. All right, let's go a step further. Let's imagine the sub panel is installed, and I need to. Or actually, no, it's not installed. Because this is a question that the electrician has already asked me. What all do you want to have in there it, in like entirety? And I told him, hey, I'm probably in the future going to do a 220 table saw. I think I want to have a heater in there that would probably run on 220 as well. As, as apart from that, I'm going to have a bunch of other tools like sanders, drill presses, chop saw, things like that. So what, what am I missing? What do you guys think that would be in there in the future that I need to make sure I future proof right now? Like, do you think two 220 outlets is enough? That's a lot, really. I mean, if you can get two two 220s in there, how many amp breaker do you think you're going to be? Uh... My brother-in-law suggested 100 amps is what we're going to try to do the sub-panel as. Yeah, if you can get 100 amps out got, there, do it. Yeah, if you got 100 amps of, of 220 out to there, you're good. And cool. then have a pony panel off of that, and then you can you can break that 220 down to one Can you panel. do two, 220, two 220 outlets? Because you're going to want a 220 outlet for your table saw mm-hmm. and a 220 outlet for your dust collector. Oh, okay. So maybe I need three. I didn't think about the dust collector being on 220, but that's a good point. All the, the better ones above Harbor Freight are 220, aren't they? And yeah. that Harbor well, Freight one draws a lot of amps. It, it goes up to like 20 amps. So you have to have a strong circuit as well. I mean, it, the more you can run on 220, the more you're going to save on power. Yeah, that's, that's a oh, big thing. Didn't know that. I need a CNC and a laser that runs on 220 then. The more you have on 220, the less you're going to, um, the less power you're going to draw. Like, like the less, it's going to cost you less the more you have on, like that's running on 220. They're more efficient motors. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the reason why anything industrial is, is three phase and higher voltage. It's the it's an efficient, efficiency plus the power you can get out of the thing. But what were the two I, 220 things you were going to use if a dust collector wasn't one of them? Uh, saw stop would probably, I'll probably get the 220 saw stop. Maybe. I don't know. That's the like five horsepower one, right? Do you need that? I mean, how much time at the table saw are you running? <laughs> Keith, let's talk about buying things that you don't really need. <laughs> <laughs> okay. never mind. But yeah, I don't know. I just, if, if I did go that route, I want the ability to do it. So might as well have one for that just in case. Um, I want to do a heater possibly for the winter months and I think I would get a heater that would need 220 because when I run heaters in my current shop, it trips the breakers like crazy and it just drives me insane. I guess it's because I'm running extension cords and outlet strips and all that stuff. I guess the the draw on the circuit's too much, but right now it's a nightmare during the winter. Are you going to insulate the shed? I think so. I was looking at different options for that. Of course, there's spray foam. There's fiberglass batten. There's the rock wool stuff. But what I saw from rock wool is it's more for soundproofing. It's nice that it's no, not itchy. but you can get fiberglass insulation that just run up the old cotton look. I think yeah, that would, that it stuff. wouldn't take it wouldn't take much, and you'd be you'd feel it. Like uh, friends of mine have an old cottage that they only use in the summer, and they all they did they they use it into the fall. Some fall here is like winter to you, but um, yeah. I think all they insulated was the ceiling, like the roof, and left the wall. The walls are bare. Like it's just okay. 
plywood or whatever and i mean they don't have any extravagant heat sources in it and they they go till almost freeze up without too much issue if i were you i would insulate only yeah. because that's your, that's where you're working eight hours a day i want to be comfortable you know you get yeah. a high wind coming through it's going to stop that mm-hmm. and on top of that it's next to your house so right now you got one sheet of osb blocking the noise from <laughs> everything outside if you insulate it and then wall the inside with more plywood or sheetrock or whatever it's only going to be better for you and i think the cost as far as insulating is not very much i think it's worth its value for sure yeah even cost you about a thousand or two thousand to do that shin okay and i'm in a pretty um what do you call the rock wool or with like a fiberglass bath what's a fiberglass bath they're pretty expensive i didn't think it was that expensive it's been a long time since I bought any, so don't don't go by me. And um, I was looking at like the map of what you're supposed to insulate for code, and it's very easy to hit it here in Georgia. I think the R rating is just like 13 to 15 is all we need. Fiberglass bats are fine for that. Yeah, I think that's way over. I could maybe even get away with, I think the two inch thick foam that you can buy, like the panels, I think that's an R... Oh crap! I just saw it the other day. So R ten maybe. I'm no I'm no audio engineer like this, but right now you're going to be running all your saw tools in there. So I would insulate it purely for for my personal thing to absorb some of that sound. Otherwise, you're in a hollow box running saws all the time. It's going to be loud and obnoxious on your ears. Yeah. Put a little insulation in there. It should sound it. If you do the hard foam, yeah, it's probably cheaper and easier. But it's not going to take away that sound like the like the like the the like, like the fiberglass bats would. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, didn't I think, think about the that. bats would be easier too, though. Oh, like, the bats are so the, easy; the they're just going to go joke. right in. They're, they're just hate the, the itch. Oh my god, go. I hate the itch. So what? Do I get the Tyvek suit and gloves yeah, and eight bucks. respirator? Eight bucks for the Tyvek suit. You already have a respirator for working, and just get it done. You're going to be in there for twenty minutes. And they sell the battens in like. Like my bay, my my spacing for my two by fours is like twenty three inches apart or twenty four inches apart. Yeah, they have twenty four inch bats. Okay, cool. That was my next question because I know you don't want to jam it in there because if you jam it, you're losing your R value and all that. Yes. So keep it fluffy. And do you staple it? Hold on, I've never done this. How do you no, hold you staple the? It. How do you hold it in place? It'll stay. So it's it's wide enough that it just goes in between. Okay, sounds easy. And then you put your wall up. Walls. Let's talk walls. Are we doing plywood? Drywall? Dr- plywood would be you're cool. You're the one hemming and hauling over the price of the electric to this thing. You, you're not going to do plywood. You're going to wind up with sheetrock. <sighs> yeah. I I like the idea. I like the idea of of uh, plywood. Like go as thin as you think you can get away with, but something that probably three eighths at least, so you can put a screw or, in it and put stuff anywhere. Or and I'm just throwing it out there. If you want to save money. Sheetrock the bottom half, and then put four by eights across the top. <gasps> I like that because I'm never going to put a tool down that low. Never. That's smart. Dang, Keith, you do have some good ideas every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me like I shouldn't be shocked. You shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> that's brilliant. I really do like that. That's that's a ton of savings there. Uh, it's definitely for the roof too. Like if I insulate the the cathedral ceiling, ah, that's something else. I got to figure out how to do the lighting because I've got two lofts and then I've got cathedral ceilings in the middle. I want to do LED panels, but I'm 
I'm kind of confused on where to put them. Like, do I go up to the top of the cathedral and then just put some in the loft area? I would do sheetrock the ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to insulate it. Otherwise, there's no point in insulating your walls unless you insulate the ceiling. Yeah. So I would do sheetrock, paint that white, and then do strips right down the center. Okay. So, but do them right up on the top or do a top and turn one over because they're all going to be LED Mm -hmm. and shine up and down so the whole room is lit. No shadows. I like that. I, I clean a car shop that does window tinting on the weekends, and they have LEDs on the walls pointed out. And it's really cool how that gets rid of all the shadows completely. There's a neat room. I wonder if that would be something that would be useful for like finishing. I may do that in my current workshop because this is going to kind of become the spray booth area as well. So Yeah, I would think anything that they do would, would help you out with finishing. because that's, that's their jam, right? Mm-hmm. I would do... If you have a finished room, I would light the side. That's what automotive shops do for their paint booths. Uh, they light from the side and the top. But, you know, whatever. You're trying to save money to get it done. So I don't, I mean, am I? I don't know. Like, I have the money. I also have my monthly payment to get my woodshed paid off in 17 months because that's all I have left in the 20 month credit card that I got because everything's taking so long. Uh, the, I, I should give the total. The total for the shed to be delivered was $6,800. So not bad, I think. The monthly payment to get that paid off in 17 months is $400 exactly. So, hey, pay that for 17 months. No interest. Got me a woodshed. But, I, I mean, as far as the upgrades, I mean... Yeah, the upgrades. I mean, we're $2,000. Insulate the ceiling prep. this year. <laughs> leave the walls bare, you know? Yeah, the only trouble is you want to get this stuff done because the second you get tools in there, you're not going to finish it. You're and not I'm running the way you want. I'm running out of time. Like the, the rush is October to December. So yeah, we're already at the end of October. Well, maybe the rush isn't going to happen. Well, <laughs> we'll see what out. you decide next week. But in the meantime, I got two reviews to read this week. Oh, two. Good that you we leave finally fi- got some reviews. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. If you leave a five-star review, I will read them out loud. And I will prove that to you today. Give me one fine second. So we got one here from... The Tick Man, Tick Man 91. Hmm. Interesting name. Interesting <laughs> But year. it's entitled Edge versus Blade versus Knife. And it said, since Keith has to read any five-star reviews, I figured it would be worth it to dig up my old junkie iPhone so I could get him to speak the truth to all the listeners. A piece of material with a sharp edge can be considered a blade or a knife, but one cannot put a blade on a blade, as a blade is not a blade until it has a sharp edge on it in the first place oh shucks i was wrong chad and you were right i'm sorry i ever doubted you and your eternal knowledge all things especially rivet forges and team striking all hail the laser master so i want to say what a crock of crap that is (laughs) the other five star review we have is love it that's the title and then it says great podcast tony and keith are great still not sure about this chad guy Working hands is light years ahead. Abominations like another woodshop podcast. Whoa! Shots fired. Shots have been fired. Whoever <laughs> left that review, I yeah. read them. Anyway, if you have complaints, you can send them to Chad over Chad's custom creations. Tony's over at w- Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. The collective- hold on, hold on. You have not thanked our patrons who basically give me a reason to get out of bed in the morning and come out and do this thing with you guys. So, Tony, be sure to thank our patrons. And I believe we have a new patron. 
possibly? Uh, I believe we have two new. Um, we have Rob DeMarco. He's in at our, our middle level patron. We thank him for joining up. Thanks, Rob. And then on our top level, we have um, Adam Kundrick, Uncle Sam Metalworks. He's He just joined up. Oh, that's right. Forged in Fire champion. Forged in Fire champion, yeah. So, um, I'm going to get my knife. <laughs> he actually made a knife and gave it to me. Wait, really? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I watched him put a blade on it. It was oh, it was fantastic. Here we go oh. again with the blade. I'm sorry, Tony. All uh, right, continue. I'll con- I'll continue. Um, and then uh, as part of our top top patreons, uh, we have Green Street Joinery, uh, Michael Saro. I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, please let me know. Uh, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, uh, Lillian Archer Photography, Dave Beckwith Makes. NB Wood Refinery. I keep wanting to say refinery. Uh, NB Wood Finery. Uh, too many mistakes. And that's uh, that's all. Thank but, you all. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Anyway, as I was saying, we'd like to thank this week's sponsor, Sabretooth. If you would, uh, if you want to get into any carving, I, I suggest using Sabretooth tools. I use them. I stand behind them. We have a code WH. will get you 10% off. Our friend, uh, Ronders. Ordering tonight some saber tooth tools. Oh, Ronders. Yeah, he reached out. We had a little call. I went over which ones he should get and stuff. It's pretty good. I can't wait to see what he does with that. Oh, his idea is cool. I'm a little jealous of what he's doing. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a fun watch. That's good. Yeah. But if you want to reach out to all three of us, the collective three, as I was saying before, working hands podcast on IG or working hands podcast at gmail.com. With that, I said we go to the after show, boys. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.